podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it's the Anfield Rappers, John Gibbons, in for Neil Atkinson, who's in Las Vegas, possibly forever, because his flight home is with Thomas Cook. But I reckon, I reckon Neil has got the potential to have a one-man show in Vegas. I'm sure he's already plotting it. I'm like, definitely gone. <laughs> if I was in Vegas and Neil was on me. No, I mean, you always support the line. Eddie Scouse would do it, Eddie, and you'll always support. David Price still going to be heavyweight champion of the world one day, Kev. It's coming soon, you know. That is Kev Walsh, you can hear. I'm also joined by Lizzie Doyle, by Paul Senior and by Jamie Webster to talk about Liverpool's victory against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and the fact that we're still top of the league. Jamie, uh, you went yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. fantastic day. It's always nice to go and beat them in their own backyard, isn't it? Um, good first half performance and start of the second half, we start to bright as well. You know, we come under the cosh after like 65 minutes, I'd say, towards the end of the game. But, you know, we, we didn't really look like losing the game, I don't think. All right, we was a bit nervy when a few crosses were coming in the box. But, yeah, you know, you fight out these wins. You should see Man United do it week in, week out when I was growing up and come away with the points. So, yeah, that's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, uh, you didn't go, Paul. I know it's a sore subject. It is, uh, yeah, very much so. <laughs> you got stupid wives and children. I know. Women in our lives. She uh, didn't Kev... even fucking have it. <laughs> <laughs> Kev knows all about that. She was just slagged away. No, I don't want to do that. Um, yeah, love you, Ted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> He's like, damn, I fucking bad. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> what was it talking about? So we didn't go. I always feel it's nervy watching on telly. That's the point I wanted to make. Um, yeah. I always feel like, because Jamie's there, you know, cool as you like, thinking all oh, this is sound. There is something about when you're not there. I don't know if it's because you think, oh, I can't shout something's helped. Because, <laughs> you know, because that's exactly what John Matsup's after. <laughs> but it is, it's harder, isn't it? And I was tense. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it, it, It's weird, obviously. I go, I go to most games and I've, I watch it in a motel and you're like, I, I almost didn't know how to behave. <laughs> it was horrible. But, um, yeah, it was nervy. And you, you definitely sort of see a, a different game. I realised... That we were that we were under the cosh and we very much were under the cosh for for the end of it. Um, I think one once I think the the subs they had to make helped them. And like I think Alonso improved them massively, yeah. um, and we we you know we we look like a team that had a, had, a, had a proper game in Naples in the week. You know that I don't think you see uh, Kante run past Fabinho as easy if if they didn't have such such a a big game in the week, but. As Jamie said, you go there, you beat them in their backyard. It's 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 not easy. Chelsea's home record, although it's it's now it's now a different place to go. Over the years, it's been formidable, and you know we we've gone there under Klopp and had great joy for the last couple of years. And Kev, where did you watch it, and where are you pacing? I wasn't pacing. I was lying on our couch watching it. I was pacing up and down the stairs, shouting at the kids because they were being a pain in the ass. Me, RJP come round with his little fella, so there was instead of two little fuckers running out there, three, <laughs> and oh, they were just a nightmare. But the match itself was sad, I thought. First hour, all right, and then the last half hour, as you said, Paul, I think the exertions we had in the week really took her out of us. I was a little bit... I thought Fabinho had got over his thing of like running out of legs in games. He seems to have managed it all the way through, but fucking hell, he turned like an absolute... He turned like a troller, didn't he, when, when Kante turned him. And I thought he should have been the one to come off really. I thought it was a bit of a mad decision to take Henderson off. Obviously, he's got the same issue with legs, I suppose. But Fabinho... In the first half, I thought I just thought he, he made Kante look like an amateur. Yeah. He was absolutely fantastic in everything that he did. And if we just, I think if Liverpool had just kept on the gas a little bit more, the first fifteen after half time. If you think about most of the games we've had this season, 
if it's been going badly, especially it's been the case, it gets to half time and then the first 15 after after half time were absolutely irresistible and we scored a lot of goals there. And when we went in tuning it up, I just thought that that'd be my team talk. I thought get them get them in and say to them, listen, we can kill this game in the next 15 minutes and then we can just coast for the last half an hour. I thought if we'd have done that, the, it would have been overall an easier game for us to play. Because I think I think by the end of it, we were we were knackered, weren't we? You could tell we were we were very much under the caution. We were very much having to do the run, and we probably didn't really want to do. Like when when the Andy Robbo steps out with the ball in the last minute, there, what a sense of relief it was. But I think you could tell everyone was like, "That's all we've got left in us now. We just need to be be done." Yeah, celebrated that run like a goal. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you always do, don't you? But like, yeah, I like I'd like to go back to Fabinho. I think obviously he was a little bit sluggish for that Kante goal but I reckon the reason for leaving him on is A, his presence just on the pitch you know especially when the crosses are coming into the box and it's scrappy around the edge of the box I think he's the only player in, in our team well the first player in our team that I'd have yeah. there fighting That's a fair point, at the very end of the game I mean I know a few second balls it's, it's always about the second ball I think in football I think you can be our back four is quite organised in terms of to deal with the first cross and if you look at the goal that got disallowed for VAR it was in the second phase again where sort of got caught under our feet and I think it was a lot of second balls that were hanging in the air around the edge of the box yesterday towards the back end of the game and Fabinho's there he's, he's almost he's like another centre-half as well isn't he he's a big lad I mean I think he's been probably I think he's not under the radar but I don't think he's talked about as much I think everyone talks about Firmino Salah and Mane and everything that's going on between them and Van Dijk you know and everything else and the full-backs but you know I think you look at his record in the team, Fabinho. Yeah, he's he's been. For he's yet me, to lose a game, is he? Yeah, he's yet to unbelievable. He's he is my he's my standout player at the minute for Liverpool. I think he's he he's made a, the biggest difference since Van Dijk and Allison coming in. I think his form is really what's now separating us as a world class team. Because if you look at that spine of our team now, particularly when Allison's back. I think that's the most important thing for any successful football team is the span. You look at when we had the success under Benitez, we had that fantastic span, and the players around that span weren't even that great under Benitez. But now you look at us now, you look at the span we've got, and then the players who, who aren't in that span. You're talking Mane, Salah, the full-backs, and then the other lads in midfield who were coming in and doing jobs. We are a, we are a really good team, but I do think Fabinho for me. Sometimes, yeah, you know, what about that rugby tackle as well in the in the 83rd minute or something? <laughs> Listen, that's what we've needed, someone yeah. who's dirty, someone who'll, you know, he'll take that book and take one for the team, if you like. I just think he's been... That's exactly phenomenal. what Fernandinho's does from Man City all exactly. the time, that tactical foul. You've got to when have an done, Exactly, when he done that, I was exactly the same as you. I was like, that. yes, that's exactly what we needed to do. None of this fanny and trying to nick the ball back. He's in his own half, he's right by their area. Bring him down here, we'll all reset and try and get through us exactly. again. You've got no chance. And that's something that we were missing. I, I fell for it for a long period, and you need that when you're trying to be a successful side. Someone who can, as you say about Fernandinho, a bit of an arse who can do that, but also... He backs it up with so much quality. We talk about him as like, obviously in the in the defensive sense. But I th- I think going forward, he, that's the bit where yeah. he's massively underrated. The, the, the little lofted ball he plays over to Trent, and yeah, then it yeah. comes back, and then he plays one in behind. To the I can't remember who the runner is. I think it's it, Manny, the one in the first half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just the way he's just so calm and composed at the edge of the box. His passing's fantastic. You seeing you seeing him bring full-backs into play all the time now, and I think that that's definitely the part of his game that's that's being underestimated. As how, like people in that position are quite often limited on the ball. If you think of Mascaranos, who, who were absolutely fantastic at doing the other part of the job for being does, but he's got everything and more than that. And also 
re- releasing the likes of Henderson and Ronaldo to go and do bits further forward. That that's that is the midfield three for me now. Obviously, it's the one that Klopp's backing most now. But um, yeah, I don't think you can look up any any big game. You want them three fit and fit and fine, and and that, that everything else will come will come good. Yeah, I think <clears throat> when you analyse a game, Lizzie, I think especially straight after the temptation is always to think about what's happened just just then and what's happened at the end of the game. And so Liverpool fans come out and go, felt like we got away with one a little bit maybe, or, or it was tough at the end there. Obviously Chelsea get applauded off, which is a little bit mad, isn't it? Because you associate sort of Chelsea with, with uh, you know, we want success now and, 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 you know, being a little bit kind of, kind of you know, knee-jerk really. Maybe that's unfair, but you know what I mean? But that's the kind of the feeling after the game is that the, the Chelsea almost felt more positive than Liverpool but I think it is important to, to reflect on the full game as a whole and how we go to Stamford Bridge and straight away it's it's our ball and that and that shows the, the confidence that they've got is that straight away we're the team on the ball we're the team with the possession we're the team pushing we're the team you know you know, Mane's getting in straight away and he's really getting at the you know Aspilicueta and, and, and really sort of giving him a game obviously the goal comes and that comes from control it comes from confidence it comes from our team being one that goes we'll just go anywhere and win mm, and it, it's exactly what I expected especially first half I thought we played great uh, like you say it was second half and probably the last 20 that had started to get a bit a bit shaky but even the fact that even though the two goals were um, from set pieces and and also um, the fact that the two set pieces they've created another I think you said second phase there it's like that's where the goals come from there but I honestly thought, um, you know, at 2 0, I thought we're going to go on here to 3 4 5. I thought we were playing so well, like you said, full of confidence. Um, and I just thought we were so much better than Chelsea for the majority of the game. But the thing is, with Chelsea, I still think you can't underestimate, underestimate them. And, and they had Kante back as well, which was a huge factor for them. I think Kante grew in the game. Uh, and, you know, we helped them a lot second half. But. To me, even though it was a little bit shaky in, in the second half, I still didn't doubt that we were going to win. To be honest, I thought it would be very Liverpool to go and just like get a third goal from somewhere uh, and that would have killed the game. Um, I have so much belief in this side that even that when Chelsea were coming on to us in the second half, I thought, you know what, it's fine, we're going to see this out. Uh, and they did. And I think the, the second half is summed up by that moment with Andy Robertson just breaking off and they defended uh, really well. I don't think they actually done too much wrong really yesterday. There's a there's a period of two 0 where I think we're playing brilliant stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. we had a real swagger about us. I look around the periods where uh, Kepper makes the save from Firmino yeah. and Liverpool are just all over Chelsea. Then you think, what well, that's the start of the second half as yeah. well, isn't it? And I think that's worth pointing out, Paul, because I think it's so easy to go oh, game of two halves. Liverpool mm. won the first half, Chelsea won the second half, but actually start of the second half, we look like we're going to run away with it. Yeah. yeah. I think from like 60, 65 minutes on, Chelsea get back in the game. Um, and as, as I said earlier, I think Liverpool started to look a little bit leggy and I wasn't surprised by some of the subs. I think, um, who was it who comes on for Mane? Uh, Milner, was it Milner? Come yeah, it was Mane. 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 Milner's yeah. ready before Kante scores, so Mane's coming off regardless um, of that goal. But yeah, I, th- I thought Liverpool had the game under so much control that when when Chelsea score, you just don't you, you really didn't quite expect it. Um, and then obviously the last the last twenty twenty five, the 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 Lallana sub made sense for me. I thought he he just needed someone who was going to be responsible on the ball. Don't get me wrong, I don't think you've seen any of Lallana, but I could see what his what his train of thought was. I thought we were we were a bit sloppy in possession. We were giving it away a bit, but Chelsea. If you've seen them for all of the season, they have spells. They've been 
they've just been like 20 minutes in games where Chelsea have been really good and then they've sort of fell off and they were throwing everything at us, but we resisted. And uh, well, as he said, I fancied Liverpool to go on and make it 3-1. Well, you do nowadays, but in the past, this is how far we've come. I think it's Klopp's 150th game. 150 games ago, if Liverpool go 2-1 there, it goes 2-2. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah. It's almost certain that, that it would have gone 2-2. Liverpool would have wilted. But now, no, we didn't. We made it 18 out of 18. And it's just, it's a measure off the side. There was that spell as well, weren't it? Where, where it just felt like everything that Jorginho was getting was just, you know, th- there was just so much space. It just seemed that he was pinging balls to Marcus Alonso and he was getting in all the time. And you could tell that was the tactic. It was get the ball to Jorginho. He's going to spray it out. Uh, and that's where they were attacking us. But I think... There was this idea where we were talking last week on the podcast as what's Liverpool's weakness. Everyone's saying it's Adrian, whereas now I don't. I don't think you can really say Adrian's a weakness. So then they go to the young right back and go, well, it's Trent. Um, Whereas Trent, I think, got caught out maybe once or twice, but there was everyone covered. There was just no issue there whatsoever. I was talking about Trent yesterday um, quite a bit. Like there's pros and cons with Trent, but his pros are massively outweighing his cons. But you've you've got to take it on the chin a little bit because if you're looking at a Defender who's getting 10, 15 assists a year. Um, you've got to take the fact that someone's going to run past them now and again. Do you know why so, people run past them though? Is you look at Trent, right? And he always gets this aimed at him, like that people target him. And I think they do. But I think they target Trent as much for the fact that Salah's in front of him and doesn't yeah. sack back mm-hmm. as they do for the fact that Trent can't defend. Because I think Trent can yeah. defend. But I think teams are looking and thinking, well, if you get it in, basically, if you get in between Salah and Trent, you've got just one man to go at because the likelihood of the Salah following your back isn't great mm. whereas on the other side Mane's much more likely to put the shift in and go back mm. now listen I'm not expecting Salah to be running all no. over the pitch you don't want him running his legs off to, to defend the ball because you want him to be able to run the defender's legs off them in attack so it's all about I think it's all about percentages obviously you've got to attack somewhere and if you're going to pick the side with two fellas or you're going to pick the side with one it makes more sense so Trent's going to get more pressure on him which is obviously going to lead to times when people go past him I think some of the criticism over him for his defending no, is wayward yeah. it's not needed the way we play the way we set up anyway if you look at the Man City game at Anfield like last year and a couple of years ago in the Champions League if you look at every time we play against a decent side and we go a couple of goals that ball is always on for the fullback, yeah. always against us every time I think it's Klopp expects the likes of Wijnaldum or Henderson, whichever side it's on, to fill in. Yeah. The only thing is, like you say, if the full-back then joins the midfielder and the winger from, from the opposing team, we do look outnumbered on that side. But, you know, I think that's a risk that we're comfortable taking. I agree. Because, A, we've got enough players in behind the ball anyway, the back four's being solid. When when Alisson's in goal, anything that comes in his area, it is, yeah. do you know? And, yeah, I think it is. I think Trent is under a little bit of too much criticism because... Yeah, like you said, Andy Robinson would be under the exact same, you know, a couple of balls coming from the right-hand side yesterday as well. That's the way we play. Klopp seen that yesterday and he's seen, usually we, we cope with it quite well. Yesterday, I think towards the last, when it got into the last 10, I think he thought it's a bit too close for comfort this. Brought Gomez on, went five at the back and that stopped that out-ball then yeah. for the last five to ten minutes. There was no there was no out-ball anymore. The crosses stopped coming in. We looked like we were going to come away with the points once that happened and I think it was a good... You know, people sometimes criticise club substitutions at times, but I think bringing Gomez in yesterday, particularly to stop that up, because it was quite clear, you could see what yeah. Chelsea were going to do, as he mentioned it there. But, you know, I think most of the weeks, particularly at Anfield, you don't really worry about that because, yeah. you know, we've got enough 
to, to deal with it. The but, thing is with it as well, if it seems to play like that, it only takes us to nick the ball. And if they've over tried to overload in that area, it means they're underexposed somewhere else. Mate. And if we can get that ball through to the front three, the, the dead aren't they? If our legs were fresh yesterday, we were not four five one. Yeah. You know, if you look at like you said the Firmino chance in the in the start of the second half. Salah could have had a couple, if his touch was there a little bit, you know, his touch was a little bit sharper. He went the wrong side of Kante towards the end and when Mane clipped the ball into him on his chest, yeah. I think if he doesn't take that second touch, if he takes that first touch and it's a, it's a goal, you know, it's, a goal or it's, it's testing the keeper, isn't it? So, it, you know, football is one of them games where it's all if buts and maybes in it, but we come away with the points. All right, we were under the cost at Stamford Bridge, but what team won't be under the cost at Stamford Bridge for 20 minutes? Mm. And I tell you something else, no other team by Man City would go there and take the piss like we did. <laughs> you know what I mean? They won't. They won't. They won't. So, you know, we've come away with the points. You can say we've got away with it. I don't. I think it was a well, well fought away three points. You know, onwards and upwards. Six out of six, top of the league, maximum points. Let's just go and beat Sheffield United. <laughs> Jamie mentions earlier that that is on first, lad. <laughs> yeah, but we we'll give the young lads a bit. I'm, I'm playing. <laughs> I'd very much pick yeah. you. Um, I, I think Jamie mentions earlier about Man United. Like we, like I grew up watching Man United win that sort of performance all the time, and no one ever. Spoke about the negatives or Man United being under the cost. He always called it a sign of champions. Like that, that's all that was ever known. <clears throat> that was all that was ever known as is yeah. That's what champions do. Even if they not, even if they don't play well in periods of the game, that that that's how you win titles. Whether you deserve it or not, I I, I agree with Jamie. I do think we deserved the win. I thought we, you know, you talk about half an hour of Chelsea pressure, but what, what do you expect when you two another own Chelsea? I'm just going to sit there and, and and take it. Um, I think it's I think it's important to accentuate the positive of everything in Liverpool's performance yesterday, and especially with Trent. I mean, you're talking about a 20 year old kid there who's telling Mohamed Salah and his club captain Jordan Henderson that that's his free kick, and um, and just just everything about his game. Like Shearer highlighted it on a match of the day too last night. I thought I thought really well where. As obviously we've gone, yeah, someone's got round sent a couple of times there, but he was going, no, look look at look at the, the distance he's leaving now, now between him and the centre half. He's he was in the right position a lot yesterday, yeah. but also I mean going forwards, you, you can't there, there isn't a full back in the world, attacking full back in the world that's swapping for now. <clears throat> his delivery his deliveries from set pieces, from corner like corners, free kicks, fucking any scenario, whether he's throwing it in from deep almost like Beckham it in the line right by the corner flag and firing it across goal. He's he's literally got it all now. When you're talking about a lad who's 20 years of age, he's played in two Champions League finals, been in, been in one of the best title races of all time. What more can you like? What what's to come? I Trent. I said that to me mate yesterday. He messaged me over over Trent and I texted him back and said Trent has got Gerard levels of potential. Obviously he's not there yet. And I'm not saying that he is. He's going to no. get there. But if he's suggested he carries on like it is, he's going to have a career. But like his, expo- it's, it's, his, ex- his exposure is far greater than what Steven Gerrard had as well. He's playing in a side that's that's much better. He's he's, exp- he's already been to a World Cup. He's, he's yeah, been, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's um as I said, he's played in two Champions League finals. He's he's playing in one of the best sides of the world. That that sort of he definitely ex- gets sent off less as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <very much> so. <laughs> but that's another thing you can mention though. That, that it was immature of Gerard to get sent off as often as he did. With Trent's not falling. Fallen into that, he, you know, he's, he, I don't even, he doesn't get booked very often either. No. You know, he's he's a sort of cleaner image f- footballer, you could say. But he's, I, I, I never, I never believed he had Gerard levels of potential. But I'm starting to, to be honest. And the the conversation around him, whether 
moves into midfield or whether he's a right back, I think is now being put to bed because he's quite clearly one of the best right backs in the world. I and still his don't age think already. it has been put to bed. You know, I, I, I think well, you're gonna. He's he's so good at right back, and I understand why you'd say keeping it. But that same argument was had about Steven Gerrard at the same age. I remember Tommy Smith in the in the Prince Echo every week saying he should stay there. If he if his if he carries on the way he's going and improves the way he's improving, he's running games from right back. When he moves into the centre of the midfield, he's gonna he's gonna run leagues, not just games. Uh, uh, it, it's it's hard. I think I think you you need to see him there to, to believe it. But I I just think sometimes you can go. We've we've got one of the best right backs in the world. We've we've got a midfield that's and I'm talking purely in a Klopp being at Liverpool sense, that's just functioning. It's it's almost like they're not the stars of the show. Um, they, they, they enable everything else to happen, and there's so much impetus put on, on what we do through full-back that Trent will be a bigger star and, a, and more important to Liverpool at right-back. That might, I mean, if Klopp goes on yeah, and we change point. system yeah, and whatnot, yeah. then, then fine. But I actually think it's better for Trent in terms of development, being a bigger part, bigger cog in the machine that he's at right-back under Klopp. Than, than it would be playing, I don't know, where when Alden plays. Yeah, having to shuttle and, and support whoever's bombing on top of the fullback. My cousin, just, just for the, the argument of the midfield thing, just to keep it open, my cousin plays for Blackburn under 23. He played against Trent in Sunday League and all the way through each other's lives. You know, Blackburn versus Liverpool, they played together in the schoolboys. And the first thing I said to our Charlie when he came in the team, I said, hey, he's a good, good player, that lad, isn't he? And he said, you want to see him in midfield? That's what he said. Yeah. You know, now Charlie's a footballer. But again, like Paul said, his, his development since that point at right back has yeah. been, you know, when he wraps his foot around that ball, there's not many people who've got that technique in the game now to just, you know, even you go back to Diarigi assisting Barcelona, the, the pace he puts on that ball and like for a, for a young lad to do that off not even real any real thought, it was sort of instinct to be able to do that. It's special in it. And the way again the way he wrapped his foot around that free year yesterday, yeah. that wasn't bad either. So, you know <coughs> there's an argument to be made because his assists are special, you know, the, the balls that he puts in the box, you know, how many goals he creates. But, you know, if he's in the middle of the park running the defences and lashing balls at goalkeepers, you know, like like he did yesterday, there's another argument to be made, isn't there? So but listen, like Paul said, he's one of the best young fullbacks in world football, in my opinion, at the minute. I'm happy he's he's a scouser and a Liverpool player. I mean, mean, wherever he plays, Lizzie, he's he's going to be able to do that free kick. You know, that's not a position thing. That's just pure skill, isn't it? As as Paul says, it's before it's having the confidence to do it, but also you know to execute it in front of all the Chelsea fans. I think he enjoyed that little bit as well. It's certainly more than the Chelsea fans did. But, <laughs> but I just want to talk about the, the both the free kicks and the fact that. You know, we are such a strong set piece team at the moment, and that's work on the training pitch. But it's also thinking about it. So it's one thing having people who can execute them, but it's another thing the fact that we're just we're just doing little things. Obviously, to put the opposition off. So the the one that Trent scores, it's the it's the back heel from Salah, which opens up yeah. the angle. The Firmino header, it's a little it's a little touch from Trent first. To I think the the, the official party line was that Robbo prefers to cross a, a, a moving ball, but I think there is a bit more to it than that. They obviously like to disrupt that back line, don't they? So they're all set, they're all waiting, and then suddenly something happens and there's a bit of movement and that's how you get space. Yeah, the 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 chicken the man, the and the thing is with the Firmino one, um he just found this massive space between uh, the defence to to get his header away. But what and I'm just going to go quickly back to Chen's just because we're talking about the free kicks. I think what is so amazing about Chen's is his maturity. And I think you said it before to that 
when that free kick got given, my first instinct went Salah. But then I looked at it and I went, no chance taking this. And you could see Henderson and all that gathered around him and he had the majority to step up and go, no, I want to take this free kick and this is how you're going to take it so that I can score this goal. And it's the same with the, de- the decision-making that he had uh, with Barcelona for him to, you know, is how good he is at, um, at set pieces. And you know what, he'll start fancying them more and more. Um, the the second one I thought was, was brilliant, the ball in by Robertson. And the fact that the... You, <laughs> You can see the work that's being put in on the training ground to do with the set pieces, and the the idea of just even just the little flick ons is just pulling Chelsea out and putting them in all different spaces and positions to enable us to score the goals. I just think it's it's just ridiculously clever, um, and just because we didn't score the goals from necessarily open play doesn't mean that they weren't two fantastic goals. And um, I wish we'd scored a bit more from set pieces actually uh, I quite, I quite well, the top team in the league so no, I just, kind of, I, quite, just I, I, I love I, I absolutely love seeing that sort of goal and like I say with Trent since since that Barcelona thing I just think he's growing and growing and he, I think you'll see him step up to the mark a lot more and probably put a few more in the top bin and then just on what Jamie was saying just going back to the midfield thing I don't know if in this side he would actually want to move into midfield because I feel like the midfield do enable the fullbacks to then get the assists whereas like the midfielders don't necessarily do don't don't necessarily assist the front three as much it it usually comes through Robertson and Trent uh, and I think Trent for us is much better suited uh, on the right and that was just my thoughts on that just, just two things on what Lizzie said there I think I think if you remember that Carragher and Neville thing who wants to be a fullback I don't think that's a thing anymore to be honest it's almost like the guys you put on the shadows of the centre mids now where they used to be the stars of the show so I can I can understand why why Trent would want want to play full That's back. just our team, though. Do you think though? Because you look at City and they've got a De Bruyne but running the show. Not, they're not, they've got David but Silver. they're not centre mids as such, are they? They're, they're almost abandoning centre mid and letting letting the defence put up with it. Whereas they're just they're just getting as many attacking players on the pitch. I, I do agree that part of our system is you'd want to be a fullback for Liverpool, but there's, I think I think the way formations and teams are modelled now midfielders are becoming the more the ones to let the other stars run the game just the, just on Trent's goal fuck me it's it I mean yeah, that, that's that's yeah. that's Kepa's side as well like Kepa's stood there that side you said that it's for a, le- a left footy it's, it's it's a bit too close to get it up and down and, and put it in so you've got you've got to do something there and Salah knocking it back disturbs them but Jesus what what a hit that is, it's unbelievable how, how how clean it is, and you need someone with pure technique to lash that in. And I, I think if that ball, was, if that goal would have been another 10, 15 yards away, it was a kept going, and no, yeah. no goalkeeper would have got near it. Was so clean, so so it's good. It's almost from harder him. to get to to score from a free kick that close. Mm. Weirdly, isn't it? And that's what I'm saying. It's it was so clever between them in that moment, whether they've practiced it on the training field or not. I think I saw Klopp's um initial post match, like the immediate and he basically says, Oh listen, it's down to the boys. When they're on the pitch, yeah. they're making those decisions. You can't, and you can't practice every scenario, you know what I mean? You can practice different things, but you don't know exactly where the free there's, kick's gonna there's be. There's like a perfect distance for a free kick another scouser scored a free kick yesterday, Aaron Creswell. Um oh, what a goal that is. But that's almost like the ample distance to get a ball up and down. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, and that is if you if you're a free kick taker and you've seen videos of Beckham and whatnot of a kid, that's the sort of distance they practice yeah, from. Twenty five yards, isn't yeah, it? That's yeah, it. Yeah, whereas yeah. whereas the Trent one, you you've got to be a bit cleverer. 
like you used to see Coutinho try and roll it under a jumping wall that's what or I was whatever. for yesterday go under the wall <laughs> <laughs> but set like that shut up you're giving it away <laughs> <laughs> not bad stick to singing your songs <laughs> but, but yeah the um, yeah it's, it's, it's brilliant the way they've They've come. They've just come up with that on the spot. What are we doing here? And it just shows the maturity in the side. Um, just on, a little bit more on the set pieces, Kev, because I think this is huge for us. And <coughs> I think it it all kind of feeds the kind of the idea that there's nothing you can do to stop this Liverpool team scoring. And I think like you know, with a great attack inside, you know, so everyone says, oh, you know, it's it's how do you play against this from three? Because they've got so many different qualities and 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 so many kind of different, you know ways to kind of score against it but also you're adding set pieces on that as well so it's almost the case of we can't just try and shut out these good players you can't just be trying to clear it all the time here there and everywhere because if we get a corner we've got a really, you know we've got a better chance than anyone else in the league for scoring from them as well and it just must make defending and just playing against us generally even more of a nightmare because as I say we can score at the moment every type of goal and normally with a team that's you know silky and you know the team that's you know got all these skills and this pace you think oh set pieces will be sound well we're the best at them as well so Soz exactly yeah I seen a thing yesterday that obviously we're the top set piece scorers since the start of last season but we've also scored five more head of goals than anyone else since the start of last season yeah which I think probably plays a lot into the, the set piece thing. But that that just shows you that. It's because it's not just like Van Dyke and Matip scoring headers. In fact, it's not really even yeah. them scoring to get the odd couple. But you've got the likes of Mane. Like you put a ball into Mane on the head and he, he can hit the ball as well as anybody. Yeah. The fact that we've got the fullbacks who can do what they can do there, I think it just shows it, it, it shows how good we are in every single aspect of all all of the play. So you're talking about free kicks and headers here. But then by the same token, with the Probably the number one team for win, regaining the ball in the opposition's final oh, third, without a doubt. Which, which is massive without for us because that that then means teams are like fucking. Hell, I don't I don't necessarily want the ball here, so you're trying to get rid of it further forward, maybe a bit of a lump or whatever. Just falls to one of our centre halves, yeah. and if you teams originally would be leaving like you'd leave massive with the ball because you think well he's not going to waste us. Fucking, do you know what I mean? A fifty yard run late and he's on the edge of your box. But now, as you say, we score every single type of goal as long as we keep. Fire. And I thought it was interesting yesterday, and especially in Napoli, I feel like we played a little bit more conservatively, and the fullbacks weren't bombing on anywhere near as much as they normally do. Mm. And I think it was more of a, a tactic to just play the ball and see what the front three can do, and it, it didn't necessarily work yesterday. And mad to say, because we went two 0 up. But as you said before, Jamie, I think thought Salah was a little bit. I, I don't know, if it was rusty or what, but the ball from Mane to his chest, I thought last season he just took that down, bang, bang goal, yeah. low down. I don't the think I've ever seen Mo Salah as bad a game for Liverpool it, as he had yesterday. It, it was, was mad when he's one on one with Kante, you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And then he just gives him the ball. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he had to, a, yeah. to be fair, I mean, in the Kante situation, I, I mean, if it was any other player, you'd expect Salah yeah. to, to show him show him his boots really, wouldn't you? And just, you know, be beating his grass. Yeah. But Kante, I think he's. It might be a thing like when you've got a boss goalie in goal. Like you, you try and put it right in the corner, and then so therefore teams are missing more. So you see teams taking shots against Liverpool now. They try and score the perfect goal because they know Allison is going to get there. It might have been the same a little bit. Salah's gone. Like if you if you stand and cover it up, he's thinking, I've got you on toast here, lad. Yeah, it's a big sense of half. He just knocks it past him. Yeah, yeah. Like because can't say maybe yeah. he's just second guessed himself. And when you when you're a player like Salah, you've probably got to play on your instinct as much as you possibly can because that's when he's he has got magic in his boots when he does play like that. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, all right. He say like you know he was rusty yesterday, but he still could have scored too. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? With, I think with, he ran ragged as well. Yeah, I think yeah he ran exactly. Everywhere. I think they all. I think the 
I think Mane and Salah both looked like they, they, they couldn't do any more really yeah. towards the end of the game. But, you know, that's something we're, we're going to have to deal with. But, you know, it's a rest midweek for them now. I personally, you know, everyone goes on about how oh, we don't care in these cups and that we always sort of go out early in the League Cup, the FA Cup, whatever. But, you know, we've got bigger fish to fry at the minute, haven't we? And, yeah. like, all, all our, what would you take? I'd say a replay, uh, you know, at Anfield, or does it go to replay? No, does it go straight to pens? Well, even that, I'd take straight to pens and going out to MK Dons, giving a few young lads a bit of experience rather than burning all the lads out again and then going to Sheffield United. And it's, you know, it's not an easy game. No. They've got to be Everton at the weekend. <laughs> well, MK Dons have beat Everton. Della Sells under 10s team have beat Everton. You know what they've got? This is. This is <coughs> Nothing to do with anything, but I was I was looking for some stats for the show before, and Everton had the second most possession in the league, in the Premier League this season. Yeah. That I, don't know, for? I don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? One of them said to me, I was in a I was in a pub in the Standard on Friday night with a few of my mates and one of my mates in Evertonian. I said, "What's happened? See his mate, what's gone on?" And he went, "We just missed Zuma." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've never laughed so much. Honest to God, dropped down like man. I was like, you, that's not an argument. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, God loved them. Okay, back to Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool, we'll talk about centre halves. Uh, John Matip, Paul is really good, growing week by week. I thought. You know, he's obviously, you know, he's been in a, a rich vein of form, rain of form, so vein of form for, for quite a long time now. There's a, there's a period where there's three balls into the box and he wins every header. And you think he's not just sort of, oh, I'm doing all right alongside Van Dijk now. He's he's growing in responsibility, you know, and, and if they're trying to avoid Van Dijk now, he's like, well, I'll just sweep it up. I'm not sure it's a vein of form anymore. It's just him. <laughs> yeah, it's just him. Um, a completely different footballer from the one I used to slate on the show every week. And um, me. And me. Yeah. <laughs> Joel Beckenbauer, Matip. Humble pie all around this Well, it's not humble pie. It's... It, well, I've said this on the show the other week. It was true what we were saying about him. He, he, he's a different footballer. And you can say Virgil van Dijk's had an influence on him or whatever, but, you know, I think Phil Bundle said a couple of weeks ago if we'd have signed him when he, in the period he come back into the team, was it 18 months ago or something, that he'd have been, he'd have been talking about... What, what it, it's 12 months since it went go, about Gomez broke yeah. his leg. So the last it's 12 last months... January yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what what a, what a footballer he's become. And, you know, I think Carragher gives him man of the match there yesterday. Um, I, I can't believe how far he's come, to be honest with you. Like, commanding in the air, a, a pest in the other box, which used to look like the ball just hit him in the face. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he, he seems like a leader in the side where one of my main criticisms of him was he was so timid, but yesterday he's, he's commanding, he's winning everything in the air. I think I think that uh, that axis of Van Dijk, Fabinho and, and Matip himself, if you put a ball anywhere in that area, you're not winning it in the air. It's so commanding. But what I'm what I'm enjoying about the pair of them at centre half is the the fact that they feel they can rush out and 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 run out of run out of ball without having to worry about what what, what happens in behind because if one goes Fabinho will drop yeah. and you've got a nice little yeah. you, you reset back into the two it's it's brilliant what we've built there but for him I I rate Joe Gomez as as high as any young centre half in the world you can fucking take care to him and do what you like. <laughs> Um, Joe Gomez is probably the best young centre half in Britain, and he is not getting a sniff, no, not even near it. Uh, you cannot break up 
that that three in midfield. It's it's fantastic. It's it it's what we're what our success is being built upon. And I I, I want to see Joe Joe Gomez getting games for Liverpool, but not now. He's got Milton Keynes. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, look. I mean, Paul summed it up really well there, Lizzie. But I just would like to keep talking about uh, Matic because because I think he uh, deserves it. So feel free to just repeat everything. But um, but I think it is that kind of that grown responsibility that you see from him. You know, at first, I think he was quite happy just to, oh, I'll just play alongside Virgil and I'll just kind of do my bit. Whereas actually what you saw at the weekend was him going, oh, I'll box this, do you know what I mean? And, and as I say, I think at one point Carragher goes, he's won the last three headers yeah. in the box, you know, and like, it's right because we weren't seeing that sort of two years ago. It felt like the last couple of minutes where Chelsea were getting a bit on top, it was just Joe Massive that was there every time. He just kept winning everything. And I think what you said there about with, with Fabinho as well and alongside Van Dijk, I think the word I was looking for is it, it's a tandem. They work in tandem. Don't they? they just know what each other's doing all the time and they finally got a rhythm to them. And even with the keeper as well, I think just a quick shout to Adrian in this conversation is oh, that, you know, he he, 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 <laughs> he he comes in, he comes in. And I know this has probably been said on loads of podcasts, but I think each week we need to reiterate, he literally come in from like a second division Spanish side, hadn't trained with anyone, no pre-season whatsoever. He comes in, he's never played with this side before, but now he's got the minutes and the experience under his belt and he's pulling off saves like he's pulled off at Napoli and at Chelsea. Um, the Napoli one's a joke. Yeah. Unreal. It's, but he, it's he like made, Benteke, United goes the great forgotten save. On, the, on the, the, the offside goal, he made a great save and it was just unfortunate. Well, I know it was offside but the, um, when Azpilicueta scored, but the, the actual initial save he made was, was great. And I think are back four now. They're just in sync. And I think Fabinho is a part of that. But Joel Massop, I I just I just wouldn't swap. And I, I remember thinking, oh, we need... Uh, I don't know who's going to get in over Gomez and Massop. And now, like, Massop is all day, every day, the first name on the sheet. He just he just is. N- not overall, sorry, over Joe Gomez. Yeah. Um, and I, I just don't think you can break that up at the moment because it's just working brilliant, brilliantly to the point where... Joel Massab's winning man of the match well, is we, over Van Dijk. We go into the beginning of the last season with Van Van Dijk and Lovren being the first choice two, and then obviously there's the emergence of Joe Gomez that that ends at Burnley, and then Joel Matter comes in and, and bosses it. I think it, it I think it starts where he where he's rotating the pair of them, but Matter makes the shirt his own, and obviously hasn't looked back. But you talk you're talking about a, a club that was crying out for a, for a sing, a single centre half. Yeah. Uh, at one at one point now having you probably argue five if you include Fabinho in a top centre half. Like doesn't the, in a world where the, where clubs are really struggling for centre halves yeah. as well. You look your Man United throwing eighty million at Maguire, which I think Maguire is an alright footballer, but that's a gamble. You got to see the other best centre half in the world in the week, Koulibaly, but. That's that's about where it ends. I Maybe think Varane. City too, because I think like, City. Have yeah, got... look at City. Was sto- like they're playing Fernandinho at centre half. And he's Stones, an improvement on Stones and Otamendi. I, I think with centre halves, I think the more you keep two centre halves together in a team, it's it's not it's not it's not rocket science. You look at Leicester the year they won the league. Do mm. you look at it was Houston Morgan? Houston Morgan. Not, not, I'm not saying that you know Matip is is anything like Robert Hoot or Wes Morgan. I think he's a much better <laughs> player than both of them, but. What I'm saying is, you keep two players together for a certain period of time. It's they understand each other's game. It's more. almost old-fashioned. Yeah, isn't it? It's, it, it is old. It's not rocket science. It's football. You know, I think Klopp would say the same thing if he was sat in here now. You keep two players together, especially in centre half. They, they understand each other's game for being on in front of them. They know 
as far as that's concerned, yeah, 10 yards in front of me, that's his ball game. 10 yards behind me, that's the goalkeeper. Everything in between, we've got covered. Touching on, you know, Matip, I think confidence is, is massive with every footballer. I think the fact that he's come in, started well once he come in after Gomez, and it just hasn't seemed to dip there. I think I think the confidence factor has gone out of it, like you say. Now, I think he, he's, he's well aware that he is more than capable of doing that job. He is, you know, he's another, he's not just Virgil van Dijk centre-half, he's the second centre-half in Liverpool's back four now. And yeah, touching on Adrian, I'd just like to say, yeah, he's been, I think he's been great since he's yeah. come in. I really do. Like, uh, you know, people give him criticism. Yeah, you're going to miss Alisson. He's the best goalkeeper in the world. Who wouldn't miss the best goalkeeper in the world? But I'd just like to say, he come on that pitch yesterday night <laughs> and not many people seen this. I was stood in the top tier and I watched him coming on, running towards our end, which is obviously the goal he was defending. And he looked at the lads behind the goal and he didn't, it was just the game hadn't kicked off and he got, Come on, <laughs> and the whole ends, the whole end went. Fuck, you know, and yeah. you can see, loved it, and like, all right, you know, he might, he might be playing up to the cameras on, but that goes a long way, you know. I don't think it is playing up to cameras. I think, yeah, I think he's, he's just genuinely loving yeah. what he's doing. He's, he's like, I'm in Dreamland here, and I'm gonna make the most of it, and I'm gonna, you know what I mean? I'm gonna be Liverpool's number one for as long as I can be. And you know what? Fair play to the lads. He stood up to Tammy Abraham, Abraham yeah. yesterday. That was a good you know, save. Good that save actually, that made himself big. I don't want to say what he did. Yeah. Well, that was, <laughs> that was even better. <laughs> no, because we looked at Mignolet and Carrius for years, yeah. right? And and you think what what Rainer used to do? He, nothing was yeah. coming in between him and that ball. You take the you take the set. You take your own centre half or you take the centre forward. Would you? Doesn't matter. That ball is your goalie's. Yeah. End of the day. Now we've now got two keepers who do that. You know, Allison's unbelievable. He's you know, we know what Alisson does. He commands his own box. He commands sometimes that he assists goals near enough, you know, <laughs> yeah. and he's that good. But, you know, to have a second keeper to come in and, you know, to be putting a big lad like Tammy Abraham yeah. down and out, mm-hmm. you know, that ball's mine, lads. I don't care where you are. Sort of thing. Makes himself big. You know, lets the fans know that he's passionate about what he's doing. Sound. He's, he's our number two keeper. And let's have it right. <laughs> We've won six games. Or like Alisson got injured in the first game, didn't he? But... You know, we've won six games with him in. It's not good. It's not going to be ideal to have him in all season. You know, you want Alisson back as quickly as possible. But for a number two keeper, I am, you know, I'm more than, I, I think people who are giving him shit week in, week out, because there are the few that say, oh, I'm still not sold on the goalie. I think even now the centre-halves are getting more comfortable with the yeah. goalie. They tell him when he needs to go and they tell him yeah. when he needs to stay. And it's only going to happen through playing. So, yeah, you know what? Well, things are good at Liverpool <laughs> at the minute, aren't they? He, ob- he obviously makes the, the mistake at, at Southampton. Um early on in his Liverpool career but I think apart from that he's pretty faultless I, I've, I'm the same as Jamie I've really enjoyed his sort of even at the cop end or whatever yeah. just give, giving it I think the Super Cup helped him massively you know he got to he got to be a bit of a star of the show there didn't he but but from then the, the thing that I noticed that we were in his first game that, Al, that Alisson wasn't wouldn't do is obviously he'd dwell on the ball like like a West Ham goalkeeper. Do you know what I mean? He'd get the ball, take his time, he'd have a look around, and it used to drive everyone mad about Minule like when things things were on. But it, but in the last couple of weeks, all that stopped. He's he's, he's lofting it over oncoming attackers' heads. He's he's finding the quick throw. He feels like a Liverpool goalkeeper yeah. now, and someone who's come there. But it's being so self assured as a, as a number two goalkeeper, it's not it's not that common. Jamie mentions about him wiping out. Was an Abraham he went through? It was a great save. But he, he's he's up, he's out early. You played in goal, Kev. They tell you about like putting your knee out to protect, nails, you, yeah. to protect yourself. He's got firmly the ball in two hands, and then he's, we're on the move again. It's it's 
astounding that, that I always thought he was a decent keeper at West Ham and it always seemed like they'd buy some fucking mug to try and change him every year and halfway through the season they'd he'd be, back, up, in. He'd be yeah. back in um, I, I never quite understood what, what was unfashionable about him I always thought is he a bit of a dickhead or is it something in the dressing room yeah. that they don't like about him but fucking hell I mean I can't believe we were in a position 18 months ago or 2 years ago when we, we ated all the goalkeepers we have <laughs> he's better than I'll last for them. once yeah, yeah, I, think yeah 100%. So. I think so personally 100% what's nice about it Kev is that you speak to when you speak to Gary McAllister he's like he was just like I can't believe I got that at the end of my career like I was you know me, me McAllister had a, had a good career it must be said you know mm. we won the league at Leeds and stuff like that but he was like I was 35 I was at commentary you're thinking like well you know, your career's only going one way and then suddenly he gets this thing at Liverpool and when you speak to McAllister now like about what he experienced at Liverpool and the love he got and, and what he's like, he just feels like that was just, someone just gave me an amazing gift and he sort of sense that a bit with Adjian, don't you? He's like, he's 32, you know, he leaves West Ham to go and search for first team football so he's thinking, I'll probably have to take a step back down from West Ham, do you know what I mean? But but I want to go and play somewhere. As, as Lizzie says, he's he's training with his mates in Spain, you know, having a kickabout in the park, trying to like just keep sharp. And then suddenly he's got this thing at Liverpool where he where but it is a bit of a gamble for him because he knows that Allison's there and now he's got this thing where and, and he's acting like a man who just thinks this is brilliant. So when you get that, when it feels like a gift, you don't get like nervous really, do you? You just like this is brilliant. Yeah, I don't think he's the type of fellow who gets the nerves, you know. I think he's he, We've had obviously Carius and Mignolet in the past, and oh. both full of misplaced confidence. Though, like Mignolet, less so. Mignolet was probably as, as issue was the other end. He was too timid, and he was second guessing himself. Carius had this misplaced confidence of like, what the fuck has got? Like, I, I, how he thought he was as good as he in his own head. I don't know. Whereas Adrian is like, yeah, I'm. I'm fucking great, me, mate. Don't, don't, worry, <laughs> don't gotta, be worrying about it. You've got to remind her of what Carius is about in the week, didn't you? You, oh, see, right. you see that. I mean, and it's all, I feel like a stuck record, but it's all about seeing how far Liverpool have come. You know, and don't get me wrong, it, was, it wasn't like we were, we were shy about throwing a bit of money about in terms of getting Fabinho, Van Dyke, and Allison. But, you know, they were talking yesterday about Man United spending 800 million in six years, and that front six, they had towards the end of the game at West Ham. We've we've Shit. spent the money, yeah. But we spent. It's all right when you spend it well. No, no one talks about Van Dyke's transfer fee. No one talks about. I don't think anyone's ever mentioned how much we paid for 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 Fabinho. You know, we paid a few quid for him. Was it forty five million, million quid or something yeah. for a lot from Monaco and when Monaco was sort of selling everyone. Um, and he was the one that they wanted to keep hold of. And I know me and you spoke about. Fabinho being a dud, but at the at the very beginning we we just weren't sure on him. We thought that was maybe the one we got we got wrong. But Liverpool have continued to buy and buy well, and even like even down to the ones we've done at the lower end and Shakiris and and Adrian's, we seem to be getting everything right. It's a it's a club that's going completely in the direction that you want with with a plan, and we're seeing like a, a lot of your rivals, even even Chelsea, where. They've, they've put Lampard in because they know it'll appease things. Look at Manchester United, no direction, no real strategy with what they're doing, no centre-forward. You know, when the centre-forwards they got don't score enough. There's two, there's two clubs there now that, that are going to go for everything. Liverpool have come so far. Um, and wins like yesterday just just highlight that for me. It's it's incredible that you can go to Chelsea now. I don't know how many times it is in the last few years, but we just win and win and win. 15 games on the bounce, another club record. What a side. 
Um, just a little bit on the, about the subs, Jamie. I don't, I don't think he massively worked from it. From you know, Emil came on, sort of looked like he struggled to get into the game a bit. Throws a bit of a mad tackle into yeah. in a bit of a dangerous place. I think Lalana, you'd like him maybe a little bit sharper if he's going to come in and also. You know, he's asking him to come in from free and he's always going to look a bit light compared to what we're normally there. Are you worried about the kind of sub-options at the moment or am I just looking for something to talk no, about? Do you know what? I mean, uh, me personally, yesterday, I mean, I know Paul made the point that like Lan is probably one of the more, you know... Switched on. Yeah, switched on in terms of keeping hold of the ball and not doing anything stupid at that time. But like me personally, I'd like to see Chamberlain play a lot more. Like, I, I, I'm a big fan of him. I know he hasn't been too great since he's come back from his injury, but that is to be expected at the end of the day. And the only way he's going to get better is by playing, you know, competitive football. So I think, I think personally, there when you bring him Milner and Lallana on, I mean, you know, Jurgen Klopp probably turn around to me and say, "What the fuck do you know?" But <laughs> like, I would have brought, went with one of them and Chamberlain because I think Chamberlain's got more legs. You know, I think in them last closing minutes when you know we obviously look gassed. Yeah. I think Chamberlain's got more pace and power. A bit more of a threat yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and going forward, yeah, yeah, he can stretch them. You know, we can put, put pressure on them when they, when they're when they're in possession. When we're in possession, he's got the legs to stretch them and open up the space. And not only that, he'll t- he's not scared to have a pop, is he? Do you know what I mean? Um, I think that's one thing that we do miss from the midfield. If there's if, if I'm going to be critical of anything, I would say our midfield <laughs> it's not as you know we don't unsettle teams enough. You know, I think it's it is very side to side a little bit, and maybe that's the game plan. But I do think now and again it's refreshing to have someone from your midfield picking the ball up, beating two or three men, and letting a shot off. I just think it's that's football. You it know, seems back, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it does, and it, it makes teams think a little bit more about their what they're doing. Because they know that this threat could come out of nowhere, whereas, you know, if you're playing side to side and everything's in front of you, you can see what's going on. The thing I is, think, oh, go on, do you want to... I was just going to say, that he made the sub, the the, the Newcastle game, uh, I think it was, where he brought Shakiri and Milner on, and there was a stat knocking round. I think they come on for like the last 20 minutes or something. And, uh, 100% completed 100, pass. 100, and I think that's what he was looking for. I think yeah. he was just trying to replicate that because we were poor in possession. Like, I actually thought he was going to do Shakiri. Um for exactly them reasons, just just keep the ball be more sensible in possession. But I think when Al when grew in the last sort of ten minutes into the game and started getting us out, obviously we've we've mentioned Robertson, but it, it was it was just keeping the ball up was the point I was going to make. I I think before um, Mane looked a little bit leggy, I my initial instinct was Oxley Chamberlain because I was thinking Salah wasn't really you know he, he wasn't really playing well, and I thought this. <laughs> Like we we said earlier, and again, this isn't this isn't absolutely slight on Trent. It's more the fact that Salah doesn't track back as much. Is that it seemed to me that he was just getting more tired as the game was going on, and I thought, well, that right that right hand side could do with being covered. And I thought Oxley Chamberlain putting him sort of on the right would help cover that space. But I think in a game like that, I don't I don't I think it's a case of more of getting James Milner on the pitch wherever he can, rather than like I'm going to put him in a certain place to do a certain job. I think he he just wants Milner on the pitch to to gain some control because he's just got such a level head, so much experience that you throw him on, you tell him to do a job, and he and he'll do it in the most James Milner way. I think I think it was one of them games where he'd definitely look for Origi if he's of Adam as well, yeah. Just, yeah. just as an old ball, older, 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 older yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think he missed that. I don't think he, it was one where he could throw Brewster on. You know, no. does he's a he's a struggle. Struggled in that, Physicality but in that. Yeah. that that's it. I think just just having like I think we I think we've got this um, this idea that the 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 bench of other sides across Europe are incredible. I mean, we spoke about United earlier. Some of the lads they had on the bench, I know they've got a couple of injuries, but you you're seeing 
a really poor bench. Manchester City is struggling for numbers. They're playing Fernandinho at centre half. Yeah. You know, you you look across Europe and I think now that they're paying like where everyone's on pretty much ten million quid a year, um, they they can't afford it anymore. And the, you you see the Paris Saint Germain Real Madrid game in, um, in the Champions League in a week. The amount of players that have gone to PSG because they can't get a game at Real Madrid. It was like a testimonial or something, you know, like <laughs> you see. Navas and whatnot playing for PSG. Um, I think Liverpool's bench by comparison and squad depth is, is really quite strong. The point I was making earlier about Lovren not not making eighteens, mm. but he'd be first choice centre half for probably most most of the teams. He'll definitely play on Wednesday. Definitely. Yeah. Well, he'd be playing for Arsenal. He's probably he's <laughs> yeah. probably he'd probably be playing for Chelsea if we're honest. You know, mm. um, like if Rudiger's out there yesterday, you'd imagine Lovren starts for Chelsea. So, I th- I think we've got a appreciate what we've got a little bit more sometimes um, because Jadon Shaqiri would be a lot of Premier League clubs best player not making not making the starting 11 for Liverpool Joe Gomez world class young centre half not getting a game for Liverpool even even the goalkeeper situation it's two in every position that, that's the dream this is what we all wanted we've got it just we've got to appreciate it you look at Cater as well he's going to come back as well so you know all being well, I think. I think Paul's right. I think if everyone's fit, it's not easy to keep everyone fit all season. But I think if you keep everyone fit for the majority of the season, I don't think it's too bad when you look to the bench. You know, expect, yeah. particularly particularly if Milner starts the game as well, because then you look to see who comes out of that team. It's either Wan Aldum. So if Milner's starting in that midfield with Henderson, because it looks like Henderson and Fabinho are the two names in midfield every week. And then it's one album's position that's sort of up for grabs in my eyes. So I think even if Milner's in that start eleven, you look to the bench and you think, well, Zwan Alder, Oxlade Chamberlain, and Cater there to come in in the midfield. Going forward, Shakiri and Arigi, not the worst. Defensively, Lovren, Joe Gomez and, and the goalie. And Milner can play full back either side. You know, Milner's the, the ever versatile man anybody. Yeah, I, I think I think the squad is it's definitely the best squad that we've had. In the past 20, 25 years, definitely. And I think me personally, best first eleven we've had in a very, very, very long time but, as well. But the succession planning's going on as well. So you talk about Brewster, um, Van Der Beek, Van Der, yeah. Well, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite excited about MK Don's uh, Paul because I think you know you, you talk about the League Cup game as a. As a a way of giving people a rest, but I prefer to see it as a way of giving people minutes who actually need them. Mm. Who are actually, I'm actually quite excited to see, and sort of gives the opportunity for a few lads to put your hand up and go. Next time there's a there's a change. I'm your first change. Yeah. You know what I mean. And so I've written down a, a bit of a team here. I want to see Brewster play as a number nine. I understand why he's reluctant to give him minutes, but you know at the moment because he hasn't played too much. But but I, I want to see him play against MK Dons. You think about Shakiri who needs minutes. Cater if he's fit enough, you want to see him come in. I've got Milner who I think could do with playing. You, you can have a look at Lallana as a number six if you want. There's Chamberlain obviously you want to see. Play. That's a good front six. And behind them you got Lovren and Gomez the centre half, and then give a couple of young lads as you say the likes of Hoover to go. That's a good team, but it's also an exciting yeah. team. I, I don't know. I don't know what the fitness of the younger lads, but even the lad uh, was it Larucci? Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. yeah. I had to pull Adam Lewis in just because. He's because he's your mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because he kicks he's people a, more. There's, there's, uh, he's a there's nice, an argument. He's, 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 a, he's a good lad, Adam. Only just because I've I've watched Adam play for years, like because uh, KB Academy is literally ten minutes from ours. So on a Saturday morning, when my little brother was you no, know, if he if he wasn't playing footy or something. 
he'd say, oh, the under-23s or the under-18s are playing now. I'd say to him, yeah, we'll go down and watch. Yeah. And I'd drive down and I remember us play. I, I, was, I remember we were playing Man United one, one day and these two lads, proper typical man lads, were on the right-hand side and Adam was playing left-back and he seemed like he was the only one who wanted to have a goal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? He didn't only... Like he was getting in hard with them and he didn't want to know, but even his football, they were getting wound up and he was still letting his feet do the talking yeah. and everything else. And uh, yeah, I've met him a couple of times. He's a very down to earth lad. He's a, he's a local lad. Literally, he looks like a brilliant player and he also yeah. seems like a really nice lad from one of heard about him at the club. But he's one of ours, Adam Lewis, and he so I just you always want to see a scout. Have you got it right back here? I've got Hoover, Hoover yeah, 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 yeah. I but, liked him, but, but I mean, that, that's that's, that's, a, that's my <laughs> only question. Is who, who but whoever he goes for, I'd say if if. You know that's the, you know if you say eight or nine of them, you know what I mean. It's it's an exciting team, mm. I would say, Paul, and it's a team of, of lads who should be able to be going out there thinking this is my opportunity to to get myself more into Jurgen's mind maybe than I am right now. But also a team there that that should beat. MK yeah, Zons. yeah, without yeah. That, 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 that's the other thing. Uh, you know, that we're making eleven changes. But you'd be confident going into yeah, that, 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 that team. That midfield, especially Lallana, yeah. Ox and Milner. Yeah. Even even the front, the front three. You, know, you, you look as you said, Shakiri be the best player in most Premier League mm-hmm. teams. Ryan Brewster is he's obviously an unknown to us because, but from all we hear, he's an exciting talent. Bang them in the and, yeah. and, and Naby Keita is was the best player in the Bundesliga two years ago, and we're, and we're, we're bringing him in to play yeah. in, a, in a League Cup game. So that team could. That, let's not put that against a lot of a lot of Premier League teams. You'd be, yeah. you'd be confident. So it shows the, the strength that we have got into that. And Peter Evans, Evans. 6,000 of us is going off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going down there. I'm, I'm going, forward to you yeah, going. Yeah. I'm really looking it's forward nice. to it. Yeah. Hey, just before we Strop finish... Strawberry John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a pass, lad. <laughs> <laughs> just, just before we finish, uh, just because we've got you in, Jamie, um, to do the, the free show, which I think is the, the first time you've done sort of this one. Um if you could just let people know a little bit about, about what you're up to, obviously you've got a lot of exciting shows coming up. There's your own stuff, there's the stuff that you do in abroad, which is more the Liverpool stuff. Yeah, so, well, yeah. for like people who are looking to the Liverpool stuff, obviously I always do me, me gigs in hotels here before every game. Fantastic place, fantastic owners. Um, I also do the halfway house after the game um, sometimes. Um, we've got a couple of boss events coming up. We're essentially looking to go back to Ireland on tour. Um, we're playing in Copenhagen this weekend. So I won't be at the Sheffield United game, so yeah, I can feel a bit better. <laughs> <about yourself. laughs> um, yeah, we've got got a lot coming. I'm going to Australia with Cop Mania in November. That's it's going to be great. You know, getting out there and playing for all the Aussies and expats out there. That'll be cool. And one thing I'm I'm most looking forward to though it's it's an, like sort of a new challenge for me is me my own music coming out. I mean, I know. I'll still always be doing me Liverpool stuff because, as you can probably gather from this podcast, I'm a big Liverpool fan and I, I love Liverpool Football Club, but I'll always be doing me Liverpool gigs, but it's a nice ex- experiment and experience for me now to be able to write and record my own music and it's just, it's not songs about winning the Cup in Madrid or anything like that, it's songs about just working class struggles and escapes everyday life. So I've got a cast support gig around Christmas. Um, I'm supporting the Red Run Club in Sheffield, Oats Academy this Thursday. And uh, my main one, I'm supporting the T Street Band in December as well, which would be cool. But the one that I'd like to talk about just, just for a second is my single release. Uh, my single launch on the 2nd of November. It was in the shape and forecast, but that sold out in five or six hours. Um, so we've moved it to the Zanzibar. There's limited tickets left for that now. Um, it's all looking good. And well, it's exciting. We've got Matty from the Shipbuilders. Hopefully that's confirmed today. I'm going to get Matty on support because, well, 
Matty should be headlining really. <laughs> but you know, he's gonna have to support me for this one. But yeah, you know, I love the ship builders and we're gonna have another another young scouts musician called Jack Gilbanks, hopefully supporting each just with a song for mental health. Well, All the proceeds are going to that. So if anyone can research Jack Gilbanks as well on Spotify app, Amazon Music, it's a young scouts lad doing something for a great cause and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to all that to come. I'm a busy boy, but I've always got time for the lads at the rap. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it. So that the other single release, it's, uh, it's the Night of Villa away. So if you're from Liverpool, obviously, or you're in Liverpool for the game, uh, do you try and get along to that. But if not, obviously, the single's going to be widely available to buy around that time. Yeah, so and tickets on all my social media platforms. You can find them links. It's right. Uh, thanks a lot to Jamie for, for, for coming in, but also, obviously, to Paul, to Lizzie and to Kev. Hope you've enjoyed the Anfield rap. Hopefully, we'll have Neil Atkinson back in the country next week. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.